All right, guys, welcome to episode four. I'm going to read you a few headlines, and then we're going to kick this episode off. Lost hiker found alive after seven days at Guadalupe Mountains National Park. Hiker falls to his death. Hiker found dead on Guadalupe Peak Trail in Guadalupe Mountains National Park. A man and his stepson die while hiking in Big Bend. Hiker rescued after wandering lost at Big Bend National Park for more than a week. So I bet you're wondering what all these headlines have to do with today's episode. Well, as you know, you got to stick around to find out. Well, here we are, episode four. I want to welcome all listeners to the Trailblazing Texas podcast. I'm your host, Jason. And if you haven't guessed, today's episode is going to be about hiker safety. I want to apologize for missing the rotation. I think it was last Monday, dropping an episode. I had a backpacking trip and then a wine vacation with my wife and just ran out of time. So I do apologize for that. And what I'd like to do is just kind of highlight some of the main points of this topic that are important to me. By no means, you know, are these the most important, the only topics about hiking and backpacking safety these are just some of a few that i think are very important to me and that i'll also uh, there's a couple that have actually impacted me while i was on the trail so i think kind of just to kick this off i don't know if you know i don't know through social media or these influencers or we we go out on the trail you know maybe a few times and um we start to, I think, build up an unrealistic sense of security that, you know, nothing's going to happen to me on the trail. Everything's going to be fine. And that's just not the case. You know, stepping on the trail, you know, there's no guarantee that, you know, something's not going to happen to you. You're not going to come across something tragic. Um, it's just the nature of the beast, I guess. The more we have an understanding of this, you know, that there's no guarantee and that every time we step on a trail, something could happen. Uh, the more that we prepare ourselves mentally, physically, uh, equipment wise, I think the better it increases our chances to eliminating, you know, anything tragic that, that I wouldn't say eliminating, but lessen the chances of anything tragic happening to us. And then also if we stumble across uh, an incident where we need to step in to help that that we're prepared and, and we you know maybe have some actions that that will help the person so to me the very first most important safety tip that that it's the absolute most important to me is get rid of the water bladders i know they're popular i know a lot of people use them but if you just think about it logically um i'm on the lone star high control um 10 miles in I have, I'm using a water bladder and like just logically having all your water, all your eggs in one basket, having all your water in, in a container. And, and what happens if something happens to that container? Water bladders can get punctured, water bladders can leak, and then you're in trouble. There are very few people, and I can probably count three, that if they had a water bladder would would still hike with me. I do not hike with people with water bladders. They're a danger. I hike with smart water bottles. And the reason why is usually I have not just one with me. So I have two or three 
liter smart water bottles. And guess what? If one mysteriously gets punctured somehow or the cap unscrews and comes off, well, I'm only losing that liter of water. I have two to three other liters of water in, di- in separate um, vessels that that I can get water from. Somehow, if the lid comes off and it's my last bit of water, I can still fill that water bottle. If I come to a creek, if I come to a pond, and guess what? My filter fits on the top of a smart water bottle. If I have a bladder, I mean, just think about it. If you're, you have a bladder, it gets punctured, you lose your water. Okay, maybe you repair it, duct tape, because you have your first aid kit with you. I mean, it has duct tape in it or your trekking poles have duct tape on them and you repair it okay it doesn't leak anymore so now how are you going to filter the water if you you know if if you were able to find that pond and you could fill up that bladder how are you going to filter that water so you end up not getting sick so in my eight to nine years of hiking and backpacking all well the only two dangerous situations that i've been in are because of water bladders and it's mainly you lose visibility for me as kind of let's say i'm the the more experienced hiker like i don't have visibility of how much water you have you don't have visibility of how much water you have and what happens is is like you, you maybe have the mindset that this is a magical water bladder and it just will never run out of water and and you know you, you don't know when you stop halfway like how much water or as you're hiking you don't know how much you've already consumed. And on hot days, you're probably drinking a whole lot more than than what you would normally drink. Um, with smart water bottles also, every time I stop, every time I grab a, a water bottle, I always know the levels of water that I have. I know, okay, I have this plus two other liters and I'm halfway done with this bottle. I'm at mile whatever of the hike and, you know, I'll finish the remaining half of this by mile x and then i'll have one to two other liters for the trip back like you're always thinking of the the amount of water you have and then and then the duration of the trip um with a water bladder you can't do that and i'm sure there's probably tons of other reasons why you shouldn't use a water bladder but these are just a few and i think i guess before we jump into to the the further safety tips I'll, you know, I'll never try to tell someone how to hike and what they need to be doing. Um, definitely offer suggestions, but at the end of the day, you should be responsible for you and you should hike your own hike. That's a, a kind of a famous hiking term, meaning that, that, you know, hike your own hike. If you want to carry a bladder and use it, I guess, go ahead. But you just understand that there are issues that, that could arise. Or if you, um, want to carry heavy gear and you don't want to go ultralight like hike your own hike so let's you know kind of get that out in the open that you know for me these are just suggestions and i'll never mandate someone hike a certain way but if you're carrying a water bladder and you're not john sam or henning you're not hiking with all right the next uh safety topic that i that's important to me is anytime you go on a hike think about all the possibilities that can happen and how you're going to handle it. Um, so to give example, when I plan a hike, I'm usually every weekend um, during my hiking season, which is um, like September through May, and, and then maybe into June a bit if I can catch some cooler days. Um, but 
almost every weekend I'm either on a hiking backpacking trip or I'm hiking on the Lone Star hiking trail. So when I decide to hike on the Lone Star hiking trail and, and I start to pick out, you know, the, the section that I want to hike on, I always spend about 30 minutes and just think, what are all the things that can happen? You know, I'm looking at the weather, I'm looking at the temperatures, I'm looking at a map. Um, and for the Lone Star hiking trail, like one of the things that I have to think about um, is snake bites, um, getting ticks. I'm like, how am I going to maybe try to prevent? And also, how am I going to handle it if it happens? So if I get bit by a snake and I'm looking at the map, like where are all the bailout points? You know, where, what trailheads am I going to be crossing? What roads am I going to be crossing? Um, what am I going to do if it happens? So just, you know, go through these, these, if a, a wild dog comes out at me, you know, how am I going to handle that? Because it happens on the Lone Star Hiking Trail, you have some, I don't want to say meth addict, weird people, but you, you sometimes experience some weird people on the trail. How am I going to handle that? Heat exhaustion. What's going to happen, you know, if it's supposed to be in the nineties and I just get caught in a section where there's no tree cover and you know, like, how am I going to handle this kind of thing? You know, I have my satellite device. It's connected to my phone. Like, so, so you go through these things. And one thing I noticed, I love reading about um, stories where, I mean, I mean, a lot of them are, are, you know, ends in tragedy and bodies are found years later. But there's a lot of importance to these stories. Um, you know, how these, these people made mistakes. You know, and, and usually these people that are that are in these stories, you know, they chronicle like, oh, I tried to do this. I tried to do that. And then, you know, nothing's working. And it, and it always seemed to when these people get into these situations and as soon as they make one bad choice like these, the next choice is, is even worse. And it, they just kind of snowball into to bad choices. And it would just appear to me that they've not thought through, like, you know, if I get lost or. What am I going to do? Um, you know, there's this one uh, lady, she was in her 60s hiking the AT. Her trail name was Inchworm. And she just stepped off the trail to go use the restroom and got lost. And she couldn't find the trail again. And this this has happened to me once. Not that I was lost because I kind of knew the direction. But what I'm about to kind of get into is kind of another kind of safety tip but i've seen people on the lone star hiking trail they'll go off to use the restroom and then after you know a bit of time i'm kind of like looking around and i see them when they're walking in a totally different direction and so you know you're yelling them hey we're over here so that kind of happened to me stepping off the trail to use the restroom. And what I used to do is I would have my trekking poles. And as soon as I left the trail and, and went to, you know, at 200 feet from the trail or, you know, leave no trace principles, I would always point my trekking poles back towards the trail. That's fine and good. And, and you can certainly build a habit. And I think that's important is, is to build these habits that, you know, you don't even have to think. Well, I built a habit and then got to the point where every time I use the restroom, I would drop my trekking poles in the direction of the trail. And then what happens the first time you don't have trekking poles? So I just went and used the restroom. Wasn't paying attention um, because I built a, a habit with a piece of gear that I may not always have. So 
I did kind of get like turned around and I had to use my phone to, to get back to the trail. But, you know, it, it uh, startled me there for a second. So I changed that that habit and now I just point my body. So I know when I exit the trail, it's at my back. When I get to where I need to be to use the restroom, I will just turn 180 degrees and face the direction of the trail. Um, so, you know, that's just something to think about is, is you know, we want to probably develop habits where we're not dependent on, on, on any type of certain gear. You know, we want to build these types of habits with what we're always going to have. And I'm always going to have my body. Um, but yeah, so like when you're planning this stuff and, and kind of going through worst case scenarios, you know, it, it you, sh- you know, you should have a, f- a phone, you should have a map, you should have electronic device, you should have a satellite device, you know, so all these things, as you're going through these things, you say, okay, I'm going to use my phone, I'm going to use my GPS, I'm going to whatever. Um, but, you know, this should all be part of, of that plan um, every time you're going hiking. All right, the next point that's important to me is have an understanding of your gear, know its limits. Um, you know, I live in North Houston, so I'm, as you know, as we just discussed a second ago, I'm usually on the Lone Star hiking trail or on a backpacking trip every weekend, but I use the Lone Star hiking trail and its weather conditions to test out my gear, whether it's tents, sleeping bags, uh, or I don't use sleeping bags, I use quilts, but tents, quilts, uh, rain gear, backpacks, day packs, shoes, um, because I can really get a good sampling of, of the weather, um, you know, just out on the weekend. And so when I usually plan a trip, I'm not so much worried about the weather. Like I'm not going to go hiking in, in a thunderstorm, but if it's raining, I'll still go out. I'll bring my rain gear, uh, my hiking boots, uh, trail runners, which I normally hike in. And I just hike and I get an understanding of how these boots, how these shoes, how this rain gear forms. I don't know that I'll ever be in in a, in a very dangerous situation, but you never know, right? <clears throat> so I always want to have an understanding. My backpacks, you know, are they water resistant, waterproof, or is there still ways that water gets in into them? You know, does my rain pants and rain jacket um, shield off the water. How, how do these shoes perform in mud? Um, how do these shoes perform or boots perform in, um, you know, really wet conditions where you're kind of walking through water? It just gives me a, a lot of opportunities to have time with my gear and just see how it performs. Um, you know, I definitely don't want to be in a situation in the Guadalupe Mountains in the backcountry. It's 19 degrees and I have a quilt that fails on me or i have a jacket that fails on me or um shoes that fell on me you know like that that would be dangerous because you know there's two to three times a year i'm in the guads and it's could be snowing could be raining you know high winds 50 60 miles an hour um 19 degrees this last trip at night for two of the nights in snow and so, you know, you definitely want to have an understanding of how all this gear uh, works. You know, and also the, the your first aid kit, you know, what are you carrying in your first aid kit? So as you're hiking, think about, you know, aspirins, diarrhea medicine, band-aids, 
tourniquet i mean i don't know um and then you modify that first aid kit for you know what you maybe what you needed and you didn't have so you know i one time i, I needed a lighter so i added a lighter um due to the ticks i added tick prevention so you know this gear can evolve your first aid kit as a piece of gear can evolve I and mean, it can evolve per seasons it can evolve um per type of hike you know like maybe i don't take blister protection for hikes that are under 20 miles anything over i know i start to get hot spots and i know this because i've been out on the trails testing out these shoes with these socks and and i can you know maybe start to feel this or start to feel that after a certain amount of miles so yeah i mean this whole thing you're always pushing your gear understanding its limits and and making the the needed adjustments i think kind of to go along with that and maybe you it's a you can consider a piece of gear but you definitely need to have trail apps for your phone when you're hiking you should always have your cell phone and for me and this is just me i think you need to have a minimum of three trail apps and i would say you should be exceptional at one you should be proficient at another and you should have a basic understanding of a third. And I think if you're a new hiker or backpacker, probably for an example, all trails would probably fit everything that that you want to ever need or want to do. Um, you know, it's it's all usually all the established trails. It gives you distances, gives you map, it gives you an offline option. So you should understand all that. You should understand that if you don't have cell service, you know, you could have pre-downloaded the map and you will still through um, GPS have a little ping on that map. You should play around with it as you're on the trail, looking around um, as you're moving through the trail and, and as you can find your ping. Maybe a second app as you get more experienced um, and you maybe get into some off-trail stuff, Gaia or Backcountry Navigator or, you know, MapRika, I, I use that as well. So yes, that's very important to always have your cell phone, always have a charger and make sure that you have knowledge of trail apps. And you should, you know, I, again, I think at least three, you should be pretty darn good at. The next point is this is hard and maybe for probably most beginners you you may not need it but i i i'd say there's tons of ways that you can print or take paper maps and let's say if you're living in my area you start on the lone star hiking trail getting into hiking and backpacking you can download the section maps from their website and it's so important and this has happened to me a lot in guadalupe mountains where my phone didn't charge at night for whatever reason i didn't catch it and then i head out on a trail and my phone's dead so outside of me being mad where i can't take pictures now i can't look at a map so i started carrying also a paper map but you know and thank goodness that i know the park so well that you know you you never really feel even though it you know we we heard in the intro people have been lost out at guadalupe mountains it's never happened to me but it could. So I always carry a paper map in conjunction with any kind of apps on my phone, just in case my phone dies, my phone falls, my phone breaks. I still have that paper map. And you don't have to be 
an expert at reading a map to carry a paper map. I I can't I can I can read a map for some basic navigation, but if I'm going to have to off trail something and 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 be reading a map, I'm in trouble. I'm going to need to have John Henning or Sam with me. And thank goodness Henning and Sam are usually with me on my epic trips because they, you know, they're the map readers. But what I do do, and it's really nice on the Lone Star hiking trail because, it, you know, it's a pretty flat trail. You're not having to worry about elevation gains, losses, being cliffed out and what that looks like on a topographical map. But what I can do is print out these section maps. I have them. They're laminated. And I play a game. So like I'll start hiking and I usually hike between 2.5 and 2.8 miles per hour. Oh, that's another tip. Have an understanding of how fast you hike at an elevation um, when it's flat. Because, you know, if you can, and also take note of when you start hiking, you have this paper map and you can say that, okay, I started at eight o'clock. It's nine o'clock now. And I usually hike about 2.5 miles per hour or 2.8 miles per hour and you can look at that paper map and usually they'll have mile markers or you can figure out like kind of where you're at based on your rate of 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 how fast you hike so that's another thing that i don't think i had it but it just popped in my mind so when you start a hike take a picture of the trailhead sign and that'll timestamp when your hike starts or just make a mental note from your watch or your phone of what time you're starting. I, I usually, before I start hiking, I look at the, the hike that I'm going to do and notice, okay, the roads, bends in the trail, creek crossings, all these types of things. I just make mental notes. And then, so what I do is I'll hike for an hour or so, and then I'll just stop. I'll pull out the paper map and I play a game. Where am I? So I don't look at my phone. I look at the paper map. I'm like, all right, my first picture of the trailhead sign was at eight o'clock. We're going to use that as an example. And it's 930. So I've been hiking an hour and 30 minutes. I hike at um, two miles an hour. So that would be um, like an hour and a half of hiking. So that's, you know, two and a half, two and a half miles. So three miles I should be on the trail. So I look in the map. Yep, here's mile marker number three, or here's three miles on along the trail. And also, I start thinking about, okay, what roads have I crossed already? What creeks have I crossed already? What bends in the road have I crossed already? And I kind of put all this stuff together, and then I'm thinking, okay, I'm probably here. And then what I do is I open up the app on my phone with the downloaded map, and then I compare them. Okay. I thought I was here. Oh yeah. I'm pretty close or I'm like way off, which when I first started playing this game, I was always way off because, you know, you're not really thinking about kind of some of the stuff that I just explained. And, and over time and over experience, you kind of incorporate that stuff, but yeah. So take a paper map and just play a game. Where am I? And I do this when I'm solo hiking, probably three or four times out of the hike. And I'm usually hiking, um, I don't know, 10 to 20 miles um, usually. And, and I'll play the game and it's fun. And now I've gotten to be pretty good where, you know, I can predict kind of how fast I'm going just, you know, from experience. Um, and then sometimes I play where am I at just based on the pace that I think I'm at and where I'm at on the map. Sometimes I won't 
worry about the pace and I'll just worry about road crossings and creek crossings. How many have I done and bends in there and didn't try to, to locate on the map where I'm at based on that. And then sometimes I combine it where I have things that I've experienced on the trail that would be noted on the map versus, you know, how the rate at which I'm hiking the speed. So now it's a fun game and, and, and definitely, you know, kind of flat, um, easy trails or, or a certain way to kind of ease into this game and, and, and start to get a comfort with reading maps, part, you know, paper maps. I think the next uh, topic that I'd like to talk about is be prepared for the unexpected. And I'm horrible at this. Um, I always just make the assumption that I'm not going to need something instead of just taking it. And this happens a lot when I'm day hiking. And for example, um, well, there are the two examples. So one, I made a video. I was hiking with Henning in the backcountry of the Guads. And I just said, you know, I'll, I'll pack my day pack in the morning. Morning came and my mind was elsewhere and probably trying to get Henning up. I forgot to pack my hat. I forgot to pack my sunglasses. I forgot to pack my first aid kit. I forgot to pack my inReach satellite device. So I was already, once I, I started to get into some elevation and we were probably about an hour from, no, we drove to a different campsite. So we were two hours away from my stuff by car. Um, yeah, I was, I just started realizing everything I forgot. And the reason why I realized is because I needed some of that stuff. You know, there was not a cloud in the sky. It was, you know, sunny. And even if it's 30 degrees in the quads and you're up at elevation, there's not a cloud in the sky. The sun's just beating down on you. And so, yeah, I was just put me into a funk. Um, but what I should have done is packed my pack the night before and packed for the unexpected, packed for a sunny day, packed um, in case overcast came and it, it became really cold. So that means warming layers. Um, it happened to me in this past trip. We were, we started and it was probably, I don't know, 27, 28 degrees. And I had layers, which is what you need. Cause you know, as you start hiking, you're shucking layers. And I remember looking at my puffy and I'm like, oh, it's, it's going to be hot today. I'm not going to take it. And guess what? Yeah, I didn't need it while I was hiking, but whenever I stopped and we were eating, yeah, it got chilly. And I'm like, man, why didn't I bring my puffy? So point of point of all this is, is be prepared for the unexpected. If there's a chance that you need something, pack it. And I think, like I said before, this really hits me more with putting together my day pack than my backpacking, you know, multi-day backpack pack. Because, you know, it's just day hiking. I'm not really worried about anything because it's just for a day. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to take this. Oh, I don't want to take that. But you need, just put it in your, your, your day pack. Um, but be prepared for the unexpected. So a couple of times where the person I was hiking with Greg, John, and Raymond, I'll not mention their names, use water bladders. Um, 
they ran out of water and I, for John and Greg, I had extra water because I learned from my stepdad, Raymond, who ran out of water on Guadalupe peak to carry extra water. Um, I had extra water for, for those, for, you know, the, the Greg and John, but carry extra water, carry extra snacks. And, you know, usually people that I hike with, um, probably I've hiked more than them, except for my Mount Rushmore of hikers, as I've mentioned, John, Sam and Henning. Yeah. But, you know, carry extra water and, and there's, there's multiple ways that you can, well, I mean, carrying extra water is, is carrying extra water, but let's say I'm hiking with someone who's inexperienced and I want to carry extra water in case they run out. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll camel a liter of water. So driving to the trailhead or getting to the trailhead, I'll drink a liter of water. So that, that gives me the hydration that I need, you know, for the first part of the hike, I'll carry a liter or two for the duration of the hike. So getting somewhere and back, and then I'll carry an extra liter just in case someone in my party needs it. Um, carrying extra snacks. I mean, somebody forgets to bring their snacks. Just had an example of both of these cases. Uh, this last trip at Guad, I was hiking with my youngest son. We show up at the trailhead. I get out of the car. He gets out of the car. I grab my day pack and he's just standing there. And I'm like, uh, where's your backpack? He's like, oh, I didn't know I needed one. I go, we're hiking. And he goes, yeah, but I didn't know it was a long hike. I go, it doesn't matter. We're hiking. And so he didn't have snacks. He didn't pack any water. So thank goodness, you know, I had packed extra snacks and extra water. So again, you know, it's being prepared. You know, and to this, make sure your first aid kit is always resupplied. Or I'm not always in my first aid kit with the aspirin and stuff. So at some point, this stuff is going to expire. So just make sure that that you're always checking, you know, probably before every hike is you're always checking. Like for me, I does the lighter work? Yes. Do I have all the essentials with blister protection, band-aids, um, sunscreen, you know, rotate that out. Cause I don't want to use three-year-old sunscreen, mosquito spray, tick spray, which is, I use two different products for those. So just kind of going through pulling out everything of your first aid kit and just making sure, you know, it's still valid. It's still, it's not expired, you know, that sort of thing. Also for me, this is a big deal when I'm hiking, maybe not so much day hiking, but when I take trips with Sam and Henning, they know that I wear a bracelet. They know what this bracelet means. So it's my medical conditions. It's my contact information. It's what medication that I'm on. Uh, Henning knows my cell phone password. He knows that my cell phone is connected to my GPS. He knows how to use my cell phone to message through my GPS. He knows how to use my GPS um, to, to a message in case you know some, something happens to me. He knows how to access my phone. He knows how to send messages, to read the messages. He knows first responders get there. He knows about my bracelet. He knows to, to tell them, you know, here's all his medical history and all that sort of thing. So it's very important as you're being prepared for the unexpected is I'm not, you know, I mean, it's up to you to share your password and stuff. You know, I trust Henning. Um, he's not going to 
I don't know what you would even do knowing a password to a cell phone, but he's not going to steal my cell phone and sell it on the black market. But yeah, I, I trust him. And I relay that information just in case something happens to me. He has that information and, and can do the necessary to to save my life and I guess save our lives. All right. For the last point, and as we kind of start to wrap this up, this is another important one. And I would say if I had to order this one and in, in the importance to me, this this is probably one of the, the if not one, definitely number two is before you go out on a hike after you have it planned let somebody know of what you're doing um so like every time i go hiking whether i'm on a trip whether it's just here locally you know i tell lori okay on this day we're gonna hike this trail we're probably gonna start at this time probably gonna be expected to end around this time if i'm going to the lone star hiking trail before i leave i tell her okay i'm I'm going to head out to trailhead number nine. I'm going to hike towards trailhead number eight. I'm going to do, you know, eight miles one way and then eight miles back. I should probably be finished by this time. And when you commit the itinerary to somebody, um, and, and, you know, I guess to step back, you want to commit this itinerary to someone so they know if they don't hear back from you at a certain time that, they're going to send the cavalry. They're going to call first responders, report you missing, and go ahead and get that that started, initiated to for your rescue. Um, but like like what I was saying is, you know, I'll tell Lori like heading to the Lone Star Hiking Trail. I'm driving to Trail Trailhead Nine. Probably going to do eight miles. I'm going to head towards Trailhead Eight and then back and. Do not change the itinerary. If you commit to something, be faithful to it. Be faithful to that plan. But I'm not saying that you can never change the plan. So, for example, one time I was heading to Trailhead 6 and it was a complete lake out there. So I texted Lori and said, hey, I'm at Trailhead 6. It's unhikable. I'm going to drive to Trailhead 9. And then I'll probably be there in about 30 minutes and start hiking. You know, let me know that you've received. Well, she never texted me back to say, hey, I received it. All's good. So I ended up just driving home because I wasn't going to change my itinerary if I couldn't confirm that she's received the message and that, you know, the message went through and that there's no issues with that. Um, so always tell somebody where you're going, who you're going with, when you're going to start, when you're expected to be back home, the distance that you're going to be hiking. Um, just, you know, just you, you read so many stories on the PCT, the AT, the Continental Divide Trail, where people go missing for years. And a lot of times it's because they were supposed to have done this and then they went on this side trail and no one knew and then that they went on that side trail and, you know, they're up on this climbing this mountain and there's a rock fall and they get crushed and killed. And then, you know, years later, by accident, somebody's out there and discovers their body when, they, you know, they've been searched for for years. So and it was all because maybe they gave an itinerary to somebody and then ended up not following the itinerary. So it's very important before you step on the trail 
neighborhood hike. Like Lori, when she goes on a neighborhood hike, she goes, I'm going on a hike. I'm hiking up to, you know, this park or I'm hiking to that park. So even just a neighborhood hike and as trivial as that may seem, you know, we're always letting each other know the itinerary of our hike. All right. So as we wrap up and as hopefully, you know, listening to the other podcasts, episodes that I always like to end with a hiker and a safety tip. Well, this podcast, as I was going solo, my first solo podcast, uh, pretty rough. (laughs) I was all over the place. I've given a whole bunch of hiker uh, safety backpacker tips. But if you listened to episode two with John, I forgot to ask him what his hiker and safety backpacking tip was. Um, And so I had sent him a text maybe about a week ago when I I had already recorded this and then deleted it because I didn't didn't feel comfortable and I was going to re-record it and then ran out of time and went on my trip. Um, But I just texted him, you know, what was his safety tip again? And so he wanted me to relay to all the listeners that, you know, before you step on a hike, know the map and get a general sense in your mind of the map and what you're going to be hiking. Like, so mentally prepare, mentally have an understanding, you know, you're going to have creek crossings, you're going to have uh, elevation gains. What is that going to kind of look like? Um, but yeah, we'll, you'll definitely have him on a future podcast and let him to expand upon that. I hope this episode has been beneficial. I hope that, that at least you start to get into the mindset that when we step on the trail, it's not a guarantee that we're coming back. And I hope that you start to get into that mindset and thinking about all the ways that that maybe not guarantee, but better your odds uh, at overcoming something tragic that that may or may not or could happen on the trail or you experience someone else having having, you know, a horrible situation and you're able to intervene because you were prepared for the unexpected. You had extra gear, extra snacks, extra water. You know, you're able to use all your electronic vice devices or understand, a, um, you know, how to use this, how to contact first responders and what are you going to do in, in certain situations. So I really hope that, you know, I, again, I hope at the, the very least that this gets you thinking in this this mindset. And, you know, this isn't, man, if we wanted to talk about hiker and backpacker safety we could probably sit here and talk for hours because there's tons and tons and tons of things items that kind of go into this but these are you know my six or seven top that i think definitely will get you started on the right foot as you decide or start to get into hiking and backpacking and even for the intermediate and experienced maybe this could be just a reminder that that you know you've been out on a hundred trips and nothing has ever gone wrong and you start to not get cocky, but you start to get, have a comfort, you know, and, and maybe this will, will, will bring in a reminder that, you know, we should always be prepared and we should kind of develop a routine to kind of go through this. And as I'm ending this, I will not give a safety tip, but Henning had a wonderful idea when we were rock climbing the other day is that we should, outside of 
giving a ending the episode with a hiker and a safety tip we should end uh the episode also with like a a piece of gear that we've we've come across that we find of value so i thought that was a really good idea so i may not give so i'm not going to end with a safety tip because we've had a bunch of them but i'm definitely going to end with a piece of gear there's not a lot of gear that i've used that i really felt changed in a positive way the way i hike and i call these game changers it's trekker joe's water bottle shoulder holder so this piece of gear fits on your backpack where your shoulder straps are and you can carry liter water bottles or even smaller and the beauty of this is is like i'm 51 before i used to have to take my backpack off reach grab my water like i couldn't be hiking and grab my water because i I can't bend my arms back in those pockets, but having that water bottle holder right in front, as I'm like, I could do with one hand, undo the lid as I'm nonstop. Like I'm not stopping. I'm continue hiking, grab the water, drink, put it back, put the lid back on. And then it blew my mind to think I can have two. So I can carry two liters of water right here in the front, have access to them. And that was just mind-blowing it is the greatest piece of gear that i believe that i own i have z-packs hyperlight backpack z-pack tents ultra lone peak trail runners and that trekker joe's water bottle holder is the absolute best piece of gear that i own also he makes some really nice dyneema bags that i just got and i just used on the, the my latest guadalupe trip i love those those were awesome but that water bottle holder was just amazing. And what was really cool is on my Guadalupe peak trip in October. So we were carrying four liter, four or five liters of water and having two liters in the front and having two liters on the side, the backpack felt completely different. Like it was, there was a weight balance. So it wasn't all the weight pulling down on my back. There were, there was weight on the front and the back. And that was, I never would imagine that that would have been a thing that the backpack would feel so much different, but it did. It felt great. And I think that was the first thing that I mentioned to Joe when I got back from that trip that, you know, I did this and it was absolutely incredible. And um, this episode is not a paid endorsement by uh, Trekker Joe's or Joe. Uh, This is just want to let you guys know that there's some amazing gear that he makes and that water bottle shoulder holder is worth its weight in gold platinum titanium but yeah so yeah so that's probably gonna be something that we start ending episodes on too is just outside of the safety tip but maybe a piece of gear that that we really want to to, to kind of highlight we're going to keep on trucking again sorry for the late drop of this podcast but yeah i recorded it didn't like it deleted it then thought that i could re-record it and ran out of time but anyway we got it dropped i hope you enjoyed i hope you find that it's a benefit and just want to tell you all have a wonderful week wonderful weekend and get outside and, and get on the trails later